You know, we go to a play, and uh, usually every once in a while uh, somebody's out, and you get the really crappy backup performers who don't really know the lines or anything. Welcome to the show today. It's uh, <laughs> Stu. I'm in for Sarah Gonzalez, who's faking an illness. Also here, Jason Buttrell. Uh, this I really guy. appreciate the crappy <laughs> fill-in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually in for Stu. No, you are. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. Uh, first, let's start with our uh, our top stories of the day, Jason. Um, State of the Union last night. Um, some people were calling it theater of the absurd. Is a direct quote, mm-hmm. but um, it was a little bit absurd, but probably not from the meaning that some of these MSNBC analysts were thinking it was. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Jeffy? Well, along that same theme, uh, I wanted to talk about the suffering that the Congresswomen uh, were uh, protesting it's by uh, wearing uh, all white mm, at the State of the Union. That's always nice. And Andrew? Uh, the war on meat that might be forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> war on meat. Yeah. State of the I Union. I apparently didn't Union. get the same memo that you got, Scott. War on meat. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. I want to get to that in just a second. First, we're going to tell you about our sponsor. It's Cosmo Hertz Kids. Uh, now, a lot of people would say, um, you know, Jeffy, uh, who is our, uh, you know, our, I don't know, degenerate <laughs> of the group, uh, would be the type of person here that, that could be affected by a campaign like this. But it's actually not true. No, it's not true at all. And look, uh, what they want to have happen uh, uh, it is so that it goes behind the, the paywall, so to speak, just like BlazeTV.com. <laughs> so adults can buy it, and it's not out in the forefront for your children to see and read. Yeah, this is Victoria Hearst, Victoria Hearst from the Hearst family. Uh, and, you know, her, her family runs this magazine and, and, is, and has owned it for a long time, and she just doesn't think it's the appropriate thing for kids to be able to buy. Um, and, you know, again, she's not trying to limit Jeffy's access to this stuff. And she whoa. just wants... The Cosmo to be put in the same section where Jeffy usually shops in the magazine store, <laughs> behind the beads. And I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, I'm no, good with that. Exactly. Uh, so uh, they they have these states uh, states material harmful to uh, minor laws that are that cover a lot of the stuff that Jeffy likes to buy. Uh, but Cosmo magazine uh, should be there as well as with what Victoria believes cannot be sold to anyone under the age of 18. Um, if you want to learn more about this uh, campaign they've been working on for a while, it's CosmoHurtsKids.com. CosmoHurtsKids.com. Uh, and uh, give it a shot and see if you if you because if you're on board with this, it's, it's something. There's some shady stuff in uh, in Cosmo, oh and I have gosh. small kids, and I, I can know. understand you don't want them reading that stuff. It would be nice. Mommy, if they what? Nothing. 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 Those words. Those words don't mean anything. They're it's another language. Don't worry about it, son. Okay, so let's go to Jason. State of the Union. I swore yesterday after talking to you that I was not going to watch this stupid thing. Really? I, I totally said, I was like, hey, where can I get the transcript? Okay, I had a plan to read the transcript early this morning. I was not going to watch it. But of course, I was just flipping through the channels right around 7.30 last night. And then I just happened to see Chuck Todd on MSNBC. And he was, I'll show you the clip here in a second, but basically what he was saying was, okay, we've gotten basically the rundown. It's going to be this big bipartisan, you know, basically come together type thing. Mm-hmm. And he was calling it, well... See for yourself. Millions of people are going to watch tonight's State of the Union, which is shaping up to be a night of absurdist theater. Absurd because the White House says the president's address is going to be about bipartisanship, unity, compromise. They say it's going to be a night of comity with a T. They really use that Uh, word. uh, Absurd uh, because literally, as the White House is telling reporters about how the president is going to rise above partisanship tonight, the president is tweeting about a human wall. Then he mocks Chuck Schumer. And, of course, Festivus begins, and he airs grievances about the midterms. So, uh, you know, any time where you would, you would I, just, I, I didn't really buy the fact that it was probably going to be very, very bipartisan. I, I didn't really buy that fact at all. I, I didn't think, I didn't even, I, I was curious where that message was coming from. Even if, like, the president wanted to be bipartisan, I just think he didn't think he'd be able to pull it off. 
Well, I was actually very shocked after watching. Of course, I saw that. I was like, all right, screw it. Now I got to watch it. So I watched it, and it actually was pretty dang appealing to both sides. So much so that you know you actually had people like Ocasio Cortez and Pelosi standing up and cheering at one point. Um, the only thing to. that was they abs- had to at some of those points. Uh, well, that, that's what the, it was. It was crafted because of that. Yeah. Literally, if you didn't applaud for certain things, you could easily be called out the very next day. Like, what do you mean you don't support this? <laughs> um, he, it was. It was very well crafted. I thought the way the way that uh, it was there, done. There were, there were also a couple of moments where he's like, stand up and give an ovation. They're like, we will never, uh, we, we will never get rid of ICE. And like everybody's standing. They're like, ah, okay, I have to <laughs> walk that back. Well, it, but I mean, what you're describing isn't poorly uh, summarized as absurdist theater, is it? I mean, that's kind of what it is. Well, what I, so I totally get your point. The thing that I thought was absurd was the, were the things that, they, that the, uh, the Democrats weren't cheering for. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was the absurd, the theater, the absurd there. Uh, it started off when I first noticed it, the, uh, the president was talking about record low unemployment rates. Now, you can have an awesome debate if you want to on whether the president can even take credit for that, um, other factors, sure. the, other, the outside, what the president actually has the ability to do. Fine, whatever. But you can stand up and applaud for record low numbers of African-American, Asian-American, and Hispanic unemployment. That's a bipartisan thing. Now, how can you sit there and scowl at record low unemployment? Right. I mean, that's, that was it's ridiculous. Crazy. So I'm like, well, what crazy. else are they not? Sex trafficking at the border. They would not stand and, and clap for that. Socialism. Ending, saying that we will not be a socialist country. Not standing and clapping for the that. Picture of the, the there, were, there were a bunch of them going... <laughs> testing out no, the no. yeah. <laughs> right. Sanders, no way. That that shot of him went over the, the free country and no socialism. That was great. I mean, there was no way he was standing for that. He was like, I can't. I'm really a communist. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate his honesty there. I, I, I will say that to, I'm going to give Chuck Todd a little bit of credit here. Um, it was a bipartisan speech. It was a speech appealing to our, our shared uh, civic identity, and that's great. I think that's wonderful. That is not a universal feature of the Trump administration or Donald Trump. Right. 364 days a year, if you like him, if you hate him, he is an us-versus-them guy, and he is furthering that narrative of it's us-versus-them all the time. So I, I kind of understand why Democrats would go, this is this is an act. If yeah. the rest of the time you're going to like you know pretend we're goblins and stuff. Well, he had yeah. to. I mean, this is the beginning of the 2020 campaign, right? I mean, that's really what this is. And you can't yeah. blame you can't blame Trump for that. He, he is not the reason for the division. He's just, he's the, the summation. He, this is, I mean, he's basically the summation of the division that we've had over the past eight years, really. <laughs> it was so divided that you got a person like President Trump. What it seemed like his, his strategy, just from a construction uh, standpoint, was I'm going to give you something that here's something that's bipartisan. Now here's something that I want. And here's a kind of a guideline on how we could negotiate. You, you saw him he does have a lot of bipartisan stuff to yeah, point sure to. I mean, yeah. the, the, the uh, criminal justice criminal reform, reform was, a, was a big one that mm-hmm. he mentioned, and uh, that was a big bipartisan thing. I think, honestly, right to try. There were right to try. There were a few things. There were a few things, and honestly, that's the part of Trump that scares me more than anything else. Because he, I think, I again, I think this is a huge missed opportunity by Democrats who, if they didn't come in on day one and do the women's march before he even did anything, and and they treated him as like this, uh, the, the worst person, like we, you know, the U.S. thinks Soviet Union, right? Like it's like that yes. level of war before anyone even started saying anything. I, they could have had a lot of stuff like that out of him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Had, had they had they gone and go, we think you're brilliant. We would love infrastructure spending. You talked about that great idea. Yeah. It's like, like this is your idea. It's not even our idea. Like if, if, if the end of the game for Democrats was to get these things done, I think they could have got them done. And I'm glad it wasn't actually their end game because 
that a lot of that stuff I don't want. I don't want another $1.5 trillion in, in infrastructure spending. Saved our economy, Stu. What's oh, wrong yeah. with you? We Thank you. Corner. So Eating out of you. buckets? <laughs> and like, yeah. um, I want to say quickly, I, I did take the advice of myself, and I said, uh, hey, I want a letter. I want this to go back to a letter, so what I'm going to do is read the transcript. Um, so I was reading the transcript, and I, had, I decided for some reason to read it on the New York Times, which they gave me real-time fact checks. <laughs> I have to show you this one because tell me what is the window yes. they're trying to fit through on this fact check. I can't even I can't even decipher it. This is about the border. Right. Here it is. Now they says President Trump described illegal border crossing as an urgent national crisis. And this is false. Okay, so it is not an international crisis. Okay, we know that. That's what they just told us. Now look at the bottom of the description. It says a record number of families have tried to cross the border in recent months, overwhelming officials at the border and creating a new kind of humanitarian crisis. <laughs> so what is it? What like so it is? It's not urgent, like or it's not national. You already said it's a crisis. So what what is the window they're trying to fit that fact check in and to call that false I, I do when you're admitting maybe, later maybe on in the same thing? And like I, I I don't think that the the border is a national pressing crisis. However, I will say that there's a tad bit of editorializing that went into that fact check. Not <laughs> so. I, I, I don't picture like three people with you know green visors going over books. Well, like your your is yours is at least a plausible point, right? Like you're saying it's not a crisis, and you're, so the fact check you would say his point is false. They're saying there is a crisis, and they're still saying it's, it's false. false. That makes no Actually, sense. I'm going to jump jump a little bit ahead and go back to when you talked about Bernie Sanders and socialism. Yeah. This um, this kind of reflexive, if Trump likes it, I hate it. Yeah. Thing actually really That's an immediate re- reaction. It worried me when he brought up socialism because I was like, oh no, now if you hate Trump, you love yeah. socialism. No, don't, no, 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 please don't do that. Well, we said that with, with free trade is a great example of yeah. that, where, I mean, the Democrats were 50 we're gonna, years. We're going to have a bunch of free of trade socialists. Exactly. Like they hated free trade for yeah. 50 years, and then all of a sudden Trump's like, you know what? I don't like free trade. We love it. How yeah. dare you? All economists agree. My, my, my <laughs> communist friends were on Facebook explaining comparative advantage, and I was like, what happened? <laughs> That's what we're doing with the. Uh, with our military and wars, right? Yeah. We, I mean, we, oh, yeah. we're getting out of Syria. We want to get out of Afghanistan. They hate it. I say, good. No, <laughs> we want war. Yes. Um, however, you have to listen to people when they dress in the same color, Jeffy. Uh, oh my God, that's when you know they're it's serious. important. It's mm-hmm. important. Listen, the uh, the Congresswoman, uh, the Democratic Congresswoman, uh, got together and decided that they were going to uh, all wear white in solidarity with the suffrage movement. Mm. And that's because Donald Trump has paid no attention to the women's movement and their One of the big problems is paying too much attention to women. That's been a problem his whole life. (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) And uh, I just found it uh, fascinating that these women who have been elected to the Congress of the United (laughs) States of America, Mm -hmm. they have no idea what these suffrage movement women went through. Not close. They couldn't even cast a vote, let alone be vote for. It was, it's just amazing to me. And they all, it's funny, you know, you mentioned uh, that they're, uh, they're all, uh, you mentioned earlier today that they're uh, fighting for the suffrage movement and they all want to be recognized as, uh, uh, as uh, separate uh, yet equal, mm-hmm. but we're all going to make a statement wearing the same fashion. Right. So we're like, we're going to break stereotypes. That's a fashion statement. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like it as a tip of the hat to the suffragette movement. I think that's a, a wonderful thing that happened in American society. Where, where it did kind of make me a little bit uncomfortable was I, if, if that becomes a regular thing, um, I think it's one thing to go, you know, uh, the suffrage movement was important. Women have the right to vote. We're celebrating that. All good. Um, where I, I start to get kind of queasy is when it shifts from, I'm important because of the demographic I'm a part of. 
Right. Uh, I, I would, I, I'm very firmly in the individualist camp. You're important because you're an individual. I, I, I care about you in that regard. Your demographic checkbox is kind of secondary to that, mm-hmm. and I would hope for most of our legislators. So if they keep veering that direction, it would concern me. Let me I, push back against your niceness here for just a moment. Because <laughs> okay, that's what he's always the nice one. Um, Yes, of course we agree that women of should course. vote. They've been voting for a freaking century, okay? <laughs> None of, we what, all what? believe it. We're all good with it. No one's challenging <laughs> yeah. their right to vote. Yeah. Yes, it's great that they're in there, but they're, this is just a statement against Trump because they're trying to make Trump into this, this bad guy you know, against women. He hates women. He hates women. So they bring up the voting rights of women. There's no one opposing this. Like it, yes, it's a nice statement, but they're making that statement for a reason that's yeah. just absurd. And it was, and it, and it was more than... Were, were, were I a congressman in either party, I would go ahead and wear white just to throw off everything. And like, encourage everybody else to do it. Be like, hey, we're, we're, we're wearing white today. Let's do this. And, and it's more than just suffrage. It was, you know, because we have all these laws that don't let women work out in business. Um, oh, yeah. They can't do that. And they, there's also these laws where they can't serve in Congress. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Those are all so, laws. And yeah, equal pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, equal pay, and all that stuff. So there's all these laws that keep them from doing that, which made it even more absurd when he brought up that there's near record levels of, uh, of female employment and record levels of women in Congress. And they actually had, they had to stand up and cheer for that. Yeah. They had to, but it also showed how ridiculous they looked in these white costumes. My second thought on that was fear, because every time Democrats get into white costumes, things don't turn out too well. <laughs> There's yeah. a history there. You should have sure. yeah, <laughs> went with a different color, maybe. I don't know. Red well, or something. I don't know. We have to get into the Virginia thing as well. Quickly, uh, though, before we go to break, I want to get to the war on meat. meat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a report that came out from the Lancet Commission. It's the Lancet Commission report. And, uh, it, it doesn't really mean... I mean, this is what I read in the bathroom. That's why I'm usually in there four to five hours a day. It takes, it's got a dense. I've noticed that. It's a little uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I only use twos. Uh, so what, what, it, what it said was it identified, um, it identified global warming and overconsumption of food. So glo- global warming and obesity yeah. as being the same thing. Now, there's, there, there's, there's some logic to this in that um, there is a large carbon footprint if you're eating cows and that kind of thing. So, But my my problem with it, because at first I'm like, all right, I see what's going on here. Jeffy, you're giving no, me no, some side no, I'm listening. No, no, no. What, what, what it got into that I immediately went, nope, nope, nope. It went, and so that's why we need to treat the food industry like we treat the tobacco industry and tax it to punish it. So we need to tax mm-hmm. meat and tax sugar. And they're fawning over Michael Bloomberg because Michael Bloomberg did the right thing, which is remind yokels that they're stupid. Right. You're a stupid fat yokel. You stupid fat yokel. I'm going to make your decisions for you that's because exactly you're too dumb. And uh, and I, I read it and went no. And then it had little bits like you know we we need to significantly overhaul world governance, which just means capitalism. That's what mm-hmm. that means is get rid of capitalism. Put in uh, I think they mentioned 42 different food taxes over the course of the report. Um, and uh, I, I look at that and go, you know, I, I was willing to walk with you for a little bit. And then you just went into full-on, your betters need to manage stupid fat people, and we're going to treat food like tobacco. That's the tough thing. I think we, we made this point uh, yesterday on the show uh, when, when Sarah decided to actually show up to work, um, which was uh, about... Um, Shots fired. She's at home, like, like trying to <laughs> She's like, just spit out some... <laughs> literally barely speak yesterday, so I'm not surprised. But uh, so she, you know, she, when we were talking about this yesterday, though, we had that, I made that point of like, here's the four things you need to actually observe when you're passing a law. And it's like, you know, the cost and benefit and, and whether it's a, you know, a, 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 is it constitutional and all those things are great. But if, if it's not, if it's not moral, then it shouldn't happen. Right. And so I think like you could legitimately stop a lot of people from dying by banning cigarettes, for example. Like that probably, yes, there'd be people at the black market and there'd be other problems with oh, it. It would create all sorts of problems. Black markets too. Yes, I know. You'd be leading the sales charge. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is you probably could save some lives. But is it 
is it moral to tell someone that they can't kill themselves with, uh, because they like cigarettes too much? Is it moral to tell someone, well, no, you can't eat those things? I think that's not. I, I don't think that's true. And there's a there's a certain part of the Republicans, the Mike Huckabee sort of sect of the uh, Republican Party, all that, is, that, that, that all believes yeah, they in sure that. Do. And the vast majority of of the Democratic Party believes in it. And it's it's a bad instinct. The, the state exists to mold society yeah. into what we want, yeah. and to mold you into what we want, so that I'm not embarrassed when I go to France. <laughs> that's the goal. That's, all you yokels are making me look bad when I go on spring break. Mm-hmm. That's really the whole goal. That's the whole goal. That's France again. <laughs> we'll take a break, break back in a second. <laughs> it's always France's fault. It's always France's fault. You can come on with uh, more PowerPoint slides. Oh, I, I do. I have a, I've got some great stuff coming up. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we're going to get back to the news here in just a second and why it matters. But first, um, a message from Riduzone is our sponsor. Um, or now, Riduzone is something, uh, it, they tastefully take, take a molecule from olive oil and it helps you control your appetite. I know Sarah's talked about this uh, quite a bit. Again, she didn't bother showing up for work today. Actually, this is, gives us a good opportunity to talk about her. Um, she, but can we show the picture? Do we have the Sarah picture? This is the picture she shows all the time. And, and here's the Sarah uh, commercial. Uh, I used to be super, super fat. And now I'm not. And, now I'm and not. Richardson helps me control. Like she's she looks. I mean, she's definitely a lot thinner than she was, but she yeah. beats herself up too much. She, she, she just looks, looks a little fun. older yeah. in that picture. That's it. Yeah, no, that's uh, I don't oh, that's that. not the right one. That's not the right one. If you are having, I mean, I know. Look, it's it's uh, what is it? February already. You probably yes. your your New Year's resolutions already in shreds. We all know that. But why not kick it off again and actually do it this time with Richardson? Richardson. I mean, you know, it's a small investment every day in your health. Uh, and Riduzone is uh, something that Sarah, I know, uses all the time to control her appetite. Once you lose the weight, it's very easy to come back on. She swears by it. And she does. She swears by it. She loves it. Um, so give it a shot. Uh, Riduzone is the place to go. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E dot com. If you uh, enter the promo code uh, The Blaze, you'll receive 30% off a three-month supply. Uh, and uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you're gonna get, it's pretty cheap. It's $1.39 a day, she yeah. says. So yeah. there you go. 30% off a three-month supply of Riduzone with the promo code the blaze. All right, let's go to Jason and um, identity. The identity of one of our favorite people, Elizabeth Warren. This is, uh, in, in case there was any other doubt that she's been completely lying about this, I think the last comment she made was that, okay, fine, so maybe I'm, she actually apologized, I think, to Cherokee yeah, she Nation. Did. Yep, she apologized. Um, who were none too pleased. No. None too pleased. And by the way, whoever gave her the uh, go ahead to do the. Uh, yeah, the linkage. Uh, I'd love to be in that pitch meeting. You know what you should do? Oh, Get yeah, a DNA no. test. Everyone will love you because they'll see that you're a thousand see. Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> that person you'll... cannot possibly be working for this girl. <laughs> right? Like, it has to be fired. Um, so, anyway, this, this is kind of a story on just, yeah, that she, she was taking advantage of this. But also, what the heck is wrong with GOP... Um, opposition research because it just seems like way behind behind the ball the the curve on, on multiple cases lately. Um, but Washington Post got their hands on a uh, what is it like a, it's a bar registration card for mm-hmm. the state of Texas. This is from back in I think 1986. Um, but they they just got this now. I don't know why it took this long to come out. It's 1986 for crying out loud. But on this on, on this uh, bar registration card, she puts her nationality as American Indian. Her, her race, yeah, as, yeah, her race. Um, which for one is just it's kind of ridiculous because I don't th- even th- if if you were Native American, you'd probably would, would you put the nation that you it's come so, from so on there? You wouldn't write yeah. American Indian on there. It would either be Native American or it would be Cherokee or Nation Cherokee, or, 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 or something like that, yes, yeah. right? 
Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't. Did the, would you think that would further her career on this? Would that help her? Hey, I think it's get far. One of two things, because I, I was kind of like I was a little, I was sympathetic initially on this because when this first started coming out, like five or six years ago, like I'm from Oklahoma, I like grew yeah. up not too far from where she went to high school. All of my friends have Cherokee or Muscogee right. or something ancestry, and a lot of them are like they look just like me. Well, so that's, like, that's because of the you know the Trail of Tears, yeah. right? And I mean, yeah, you have to be down to a sixteenth. You can have a sixteenth of uh, bloodline and still get on the rolls yeah. mm-hmm. for the Cherokee Nation. You know this because you tried to get a casino open. I actually, open I actually, I actually <laughs> did try to get on the rolls. <laughs> Cherokee, well, I couldn't yeah. prove of born. Anyway, we. But, but no, but, like, but there are a lot. So I was initially like, okay, like if she says that she's got Native American background, I'm not really going to contest it, even though she looks white. Um, we're we're uh, as, as the story's kept developing, uh, and I look at that, and I'm like, first of all, this huge deal about it. Uh, I, I think it's one of two things that she was doing, um, uh, and I'll and I'll back up slightly in that she should know better than this. If you're from Oklahoma, you've probably got some idea of how tribes work because yeah, all of your friends do. are in tribes like me, uh, like my friends are. Secondly, you're an attorney. You're an attorney, so presumably you know how sovereign dependency works. Um, I, I think that she did one of two things. Either she thought there would be a career advantage to it. She's yes, swinging absolutely. very hard against that. I think the other thing, which is what she was doing this time around, was uh, I've got a percentage victim in me, and that makes me higher on the victim hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can use this as like as an oppressed person who's been oppressed by people for thousands of years. Yeah. I am fighting oppression, and yeah. it, and, and, cool. I, and it backfired because it turns out like you actually need to show up to events. <laughs> you need to actually do things yeah. that involve the Native Americans before you can just claim their mantle of oppression for your own. I, and, and, and one of my pastimes is to try to find the way out for these ridiculous scandals that happen. The problem, I think, with what, what you just said is they're both the same thing. You know, like really the getting the advantage of the job and yeah. using yourself as a victim, especially in that culture of the, this far left culture, that's the same thing. I mean, pr- promoting the inter- intersectionality to get yourself yeah. ahead is is very similar. And, and I think that that's going to be I can't I don't know. That I can find the excuse there. I mean, it seems like she really just figured no one would ever find out about it. And, she, you know, she may very well at the very beginning believed I've been to some powwows just as a visitor, and mm-hmm. I have friends that go to powwows, and, like, and they're like, I, if, if, if she were like, you know what, I grew up going to powwows, and, like, and like, this is a part of my heritage, and like, I know there wasn't on the books, but in my house, we like, but I don't get that impression. That she just kind of went, yep, I'm this thing. Her grandmother, right, her grandmother or grandfather told her that they were part of it. Right, that was not what that was kind of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Real quick, because heritage is biting a lot of people in Virginia. I want to do some of this. Maybe we'll do a little more in overtime. But there, there was a, the blackface picture for the governor. Then there was the sex scandal with the uh, lieutenant, lieutenant governor. governor. Then now the third in line, he's got another blackface scandal. Apparently, everyone in Virginia has worn blackface in multiple yeah. occasions. Have we reached it now? Have we have we I, reached the straw Jeffy, or you, the blackface that has broken the camel's back? You are now governor of Virginia. <laughs> You're the last in line. They're actually like you. You wow. pass through there. Do a, not a look at any of my pack pictures. <laughs> Jeffy has lots of uh, pictures you should not see. Luckily, none of them have to do with blackface. Uh, I, it's such a bizarre thing, and you know, I don't know. Part of me thinks. Um, you know, there's a weird standard here. Now, you go back 30, 40 years, and even if they did something terrible or worse, I mean, people committed crimes and and are elected afterwards. Right. This idea that, like, everything you did 30 and 40 years ago, no matter how stupid, as a 19-year-old, should prevent... It's just got to stop. And I think Republicans and conservatives are so tempted to say, well, you know that crappy standard you did to our guy? Well, we're going to codify it, and we're going to do it to you! And it's like, that's the wrong way to react to these things. I think it's better to say, look, this guy's 19 years old, 
I don't know. Is he shown any racist signs since? Right. In the last 40 years, has he shown anything that would indicate that he still believes these things? This and is the a- answer is no. I mean, don't we just move on well, with our lives? Well, the governor did attempt. He was ready to moonwalk. That's true. Uh, in that press conference the other day. <laughs> is that true? He was, yes, he yeah. was ready to moonwalk. And the wife yanked his, Which- nope. Which proves he still has no judgment whatsoever. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's I, I, I would be so worried if I were like president pro tempore of the Commonwealth Senate right now. If I were like, yeah, that's terrible. I'd be like, what, yeah. what's going to come out about me tomorrow? Is he like underlings is all resigning? They're, they're clearly dropping at one card yeah. at a time, right? Yeah. They're like, right. like, how many cards did they get? <laughs> all right, got to take a break. Uh, back with more in just a second. So today sucks, uh, to be perfectly honest about it. Uh, Everything that's gone on today has been uh, paling in in comparison to uh, something that we've kind of all experienced here personally um, in the Blaze family with uh, Doc Thompson passing away. If you remember the beginning of the show, um, it was uh, Glenn, uh, me, Pat, Sarah, and Doc. Um, And uh, this show was one of the first shows I really worked with Doc on a regular basis. It was, you know, I I've heard his show and, and knew him for a long period of time, but... Being able to kind of interact with him and pick his brain in this in this context was a lot of fun. Um, and he passed away yesterday completely, tragically. You can look up all the details online. I would like you to go online, though, and go to Doc Thompson's GoFundMe page. Um, it was up to what, Jeff, uh, Jason? Almost 64000 The goal is 20000 yeah. Everyone, this audience is coming through amazingly. Excellent. It's awesome. I mean, he's, got his, uh, you know, he's left a wife. Yeah. Uh, three kids. Uh, three, three kids, kids uh, two really young ones, and an older one, and they could need the help. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to Overtime, by the way. Uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust is a place, uh, it's a destination. If you're looking to buy or sell a home fast and for the most money that Glenn actually created uh, many years ago. Um, because he was having issues with his real estate agent and thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. And somehow, you know, Glenn is Glenn, so he has access to bizarre people. And he somehow <laughs> talked to a bunch of the, him and his team, they talked to a bunch of the top 500 real estate agents in America because there's a list that comes out. And they actually talked to a bunch of them, kind of learn, you know, what, what's effective, what, what are the right questions use. to ask. And they use that information to kind of go through and sort people into categories. Are you good? Are you not? Um, and this is one of the things that's, I, the thing I really like about real estate agents I trust, there's a lot of referral services for realtors. Um, usually they are basically just sign-up services. Like a realtor wants more business, they sign up, they pay a little fee or whatever. Um, real estate agents I trust is the reverse. They're really targeting our audience, people who have the same values as our audience. It's built for the person on the other side, not the realtor. Um, and they wind up being, uh, having great relationships and great results. We've seen this for a long time. Uh, amazing. Uh, our, our own, my own uh, producer for my podcast, Chewing the Fat, uh, Chris Cruz, just used them to buy a house. And uh, we talk about how they follow you through the process. And uh, the other day, I mean, he's already purchased the house. Uh, the other day, he's talking to the real estate guy here in the building. He just stopped by huh. to make sure everything was okay and everything was fine. It was great. That's great. I, was, I mean, that's amazing. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I think most people put zero effort into picking a real estate agent. You should put some in. It's easy, though. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, so there is a, uh, you kind of mentioned the war on meat earlier, yes. uh, Andrew. War on meat. Um, and, you, and you mentioned in there sugar. 
Now, I am uh, not a meat eater myself. Um, however, I am a sugar eater. The meat eater? Uh, no, well, it's, it's one of those things that I don't have the, the, the big passion for meat, although I see the same way that war on meat is a bad idea. The sugar thing really pisses me off because I'm, I'm, I'm America's pre- predominant soda Thank you. expert. Uh, kind of oh, that's right. I forgot sure. about that. You are I a soda am. expert. I am. Now, I'm a diet soda fan. Right. So uh, I am. You've got like a collection and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. You're not being hyperbolic. Oh, no. you, you really are on into this. I, I, I don't appreciate the tone in your voice. So the state that I grew up in, which was uh, Connecticut, <clears throat> um, is now planning to remove all sugary drinks from kids' menus. Oh, good. Um, of course, right? Oh, um, is that everywhere or just in schools because in uh, schools you maybe have a chat about that but is it like a denny's and stuff it said for kids menus i, I mean, it didn't specify schools in the story that i saw probably um, probably everywhere probably then. everywhere yeah. because I, they, they've already kind of done that right they took out the vending machines a while right. ago especially in a, a somewhat paternalistic state like connecticut is um and you know I, I just this really bothers me because i'm the parent okay like i Thank am you. the freaking parent I have a couple of small kids. I let my kids have diet soda uh, almost always um, because I freaking love artificial sweeteners. Um, but again, if you think they're bad, you shouldn't have to drink them. And if Jason thinks, uh, hey, load them up with Jolt Cola all day, he should be able to do that. And Andrew, obviously, well, there's never going to... Royal Crown. Gonna, oh, Royal Crown. Royal Crown Cola. Master's degree. Master's degree in Royal Crown. I just, I don't understand this instinct. You know, this instinct to be, it's, it's progressivism. Well, yeah, it's progressivism. I mean, it, the instinct is, just like Andrew said, you know, if it's schools, we can talk about that. Well, we already have, and we started talking about the schools. And now we've led into, well, you know, maybe the kids' meals. Right. Maybe, you, know, you know what? You know, well, Adults can still maybe, have it. Yeah, we're not, it's, it. it's not going to be up there. You know what? If, if they order for their kids, I guess it'll be okay for now. But we just, if, they don't, if they don't see it, they won't want it. And then it, and on down the road we go. And I think, that, like, uh, your approach here, Andrew, I think is interesting because I, I think most people think that's totally rational to not have it in, in schools. I mean, schools can do what they want, right? I mean, it's a, you know, it's a public school. They should be able to do what they want. But, I mean, I a lot of times will fight things that I don't really care about. Because I know if I give them this thing, they're yeah, going to yeah. take the next thing, and eventually I do start caring. You know, I mean, like that, that does happen. Like there, there were the whole like uh, I think it was the smoking ban. There were, there were various state organizations that are like we're gonna we're gonna tax cigarettes, but we would never go after snacks. And then, like, you know, yeah, about right. five years later, they're like, and also snacks. And you're like, wait a, <laughs> wait a minute. minute. And I was, I remember. But then at, by that point, you're like, well, I guess snacks aren't bad. As long as they're not, as long as they're not going to the next that. step. Well, I, so I, I like where your, your earlier comment about you're the parent. And I agree with you on that. Like, I, we, we, we live in a democracy. We live in a republic. And in a republic, it's very important not what decisions are made. They are. But who makes those decisions mm-hmm. is very important. That's why it's bad to have, like, you know, the president can just do whatever he wants. That still has to be subject to, you know, the, the Senate and the, the Supreme Court. It's built into the whole system. And ultimately, you're the arbiter of your kids, not the state. The state is not super dad. You are. It's supposed to be, right? Yeah, it's um, supposed I, to be. The same thing happens with me, the Second Amendment. I'm not a particularly a big gun guy. I know Jason, you know, in the military, you know, you have a real big gun background. I didn't. I grew up in Connecticut. Like, I never had a gun in our house. Like, I'm not a gun guy. The last thing in the world I would ever purchase would be a bump stock. Like, it's not even, like, remotely close to where I would be in my life. That being said, the president can't just ban them because he feels like it. It's the Second Amendment. And I know if they take bump stocks, you know the next president is going to say, you know what else is common sense? Are things with triggers. We should ban those, too. <laughs> and you can't give up any ground on this stuff, I feel like, or you're just going to get rolled over. Yeah, I had, I mean, that's, that's basically what progressivism is. So for I mean, years, we've you, given you up can, ground. You, you can never... I, that's, that's how I always see these things. Like, at first, it may be, I don't know, banning large sodas, which they would never do, ever, <laughs> in, in a major city. 
Um, oh yeah, New York. Um, but I mean, you have to, you can't look at what's what they're doing at that point. You have to look at where this is going further. I think a lot of people don't have you know, they're not looking at those chess moves later on down the line. Uh, the uh, National Health Service in in the UK, uh, conceived by some of the biggest the, the progressive granddaddies of them all uh, at the Fabian Society, were the ones that actually first like thought through that. But it wasn't just to be humanitarian and have health care for all, so everyone would you know never go without health care. It was because they saw that as the gateway drug to further control, more and more control. And that's the same with what this is. It's, it's always how can we, you know, if, if we can convince you that we uh, can make the decisions what's best if sugar is not good or not good for your kids and their drinks, then you'll also be more open later on for us to make other decisions yeah. about your kids. So eventually. We, look, you know best. We know that. But this is the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like, and you, you do know best most of the time. But if, it's, if this is important, though, we can't trust you or the private sector or anybody else. If it's important, we need to have the state do it. Because the state is composed of people that you elected <laughs> who are oftentimes sociopaths. Right. So <laughs> that's why the state needs to be in control. All right, one more quick one. Uh, Jeffy, uh, the cryptocurrency world had an interesting week. Yes, they did. Uh, can you uh, tell me? This is, a, this is a fascinating story. The, uh, the uh, cryptocurrency exchange in Canada, uh, Quadriga CX? Right? Is How that dare you? <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't call me that again. <laughs> We're fighting. Uh, their head guy, the CEO, passed away uh, in December. Unexpectedly. He's very young, right? He was 30? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the age, okay. but he, uh, you know, he passed away he had, uh, with complications to Crohn's disease, I believe. So uh, it, was, it was unexpected. And uh, since then, uh, people have not been able to access their cryptocurrency exchange because the password for everyone to access the cryptocurrency exchange was on his laptop that nobody can get into. So there are old people about 190 million. 190 million. Uh, just lost because uh, there's no password. Because they can't log in? They can't That's... get into his computer. Which, well, of course, yeah. he's probably a security expert if he's running yeah, a cryptocurrency. On, on the upshot, apparently very difficult to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to hack this no, particular system. No, like, no, congratulations no, on your security, guys. I, I guess I believe that because I know where Jason is headed, and I guess <laughs> I believe that because the wife is like, oh, man, you know, I looked. <laughs> I looked. I got nothing. So, I, you know, I don't know if maybe the wife has you know, deep-pocketed the, 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 the password and just wait for everybody to go on because they're starting to sell off some of their merchandise. Like, like, like I, somebody, uh, a listener was sending me info about this yesterday. I didn't have time to go through all of it. But there was a thing about how, like, the, the death certificates from India. And I was like, what? Why would that, like, maybe I've got the facts completely wrong in that. But the, the, they, they, were, they were thinking maybe he's not really dead. Oh, yeah. The, the, That's uh, fascinating. Well, but, I mean, again, with cryptocurrency, it's all public ledger. So, I mean, you... That's what, what I was about to say. Blockchain, I thought that yeah. alleviates that. Like, why would that make a difference? Well, I think getting access to it is one thing. That doesn't... That wouldn't be solved by the blockchain. It's hard to get access. However, if it starts moving from those addresses, if any money comes out, we're going to know that somebody's got access right. to it. Right. Well, um, d- depending on which cryptocurrency it is, too, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's a bunch of different ones, there, there are some where it's very difficult to track them. Bitcoin you can. Yeah, Bitcoin you yeah, can. Most of them you can. Even some of the, yeah, the privacy the coins, uh, you have end. to do specific steps that no one takes, so even the privacy coins a lot of times are public. But still, it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting story. I, I, I don't know what you do, honestly. Like, it, it, I, there are, people always say, keep your cryptocurrency. Never put it in an exchange. It's like, so I'm trusting myself? Like, that's way worse than trusting some, the 30-year-old dying is way less likely than me just dropping it in like a gutter somewhere and never seeing the password. The password, I think, was mom with two M's. Three, three M's. I can't. Uh, all right, uh, we will uh, ha- we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, Sarah comes so the quality you know kind of lifts a little bit. Um, but we will uh, see you then. Jeffy, thanks. It, that was not a commentary on you. Okay. I mean.
Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.